moving up and down, side to side, like, like a, a roller, roller coaster. coaster. Roller coaster. Man, the flag is amazing. Oh, <laughs> bless our, our poor transatlantic friends. Oh dear. <laughs> I take Perez. Did you just? Yeah. No, my seat. Listen. <laughs> I'll take Perez. It went at the wrong time, didn't it? <laughs> the nervous energy had got to the poor lad. I, I just really like Perez. It made me nervous. I'm sorry. Welcome along to the Cuts of the Race podcast. We're the Formula Nerds. I'm Ollie, and we also have on the show today, Matt. How are you doing, Matt? It's been a while. It has been. I missed you guys, and uh, glad to be back. Glad everybody's joining us, and let's get into this. We've got the guy who got probably still has a hangover from last week. Will, how are you? How are you doing? Oh, yeah, very good. There he is with the original jokes. I'm very well, thank you. Very excited to talk about today's race, and uh, I've not seen it, so anticipating great results. Good stuff. And then we have Cal. Cal, you weren't on the last one either, were you? No, I had a week off. Rare week off from the nerds. It was great. But I'm glad to be back. Spicy race today to talk about, so let's let's crack on with it. Brilliant. So what we're going to do, we're going to just start the show this week with just the biggest biggest bits of news, because there's some rumours brewing there's been big changes uh, and then we're going to get into our race review and we're going to cover what you really need to know about what happened today um before that we've got a quick message for you what really grinds my gears is when you go onto a website and then there's a button or a, a link that says click here to donate on paypal but at the Formula Nerds, we are all volunteers. We do this in our spare time. It costs us money to run websites, to run podcasts, to buy all of the software that we need. But rather than ask for you to donate money with nothing in return, we started our own shop where you can buy something cool, get a new hoodie, get a t-shirt, get, get something you like, and you can help us because every single penny that we make from sales on our online store contributes to the nerds. That's why you will never find a click here to donate on PayPal button. <laughs> Head over to formulanerds.com forward slash shop. Haas came out this week and they said that they are getting rid of two drivers. They're getting rid of their current lineup. This is sad news. Who, who, who feels most passionate about Haas? Obviously, it's going to be the American in the room, isn't it? it is it sad news? We've all been talking about this <laughs> for years. The only reason we're going to be sad about it is we no longer have Roman Grosjean for, you know, meme creation. I'm heartbroken. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Callum's just seen a whole month's worth of potential content go down the drain, completely gutted. I'm, I'm personally, I'm, I'm personally, I'm a bit gutted uh, or, or disappointed. Sorry, I should say because I quite like Grosjean. I thought, you know, he did well at Lotus. He, he collected a fair few podiums, um, but he just hasn't been performing recently. So, I, so it's it's kind of you know reasonably acceptable, um, and I, I don't think anybody is that surprised. Recently, Will, um, it's, I think it's sad because we had two, two characters. We had Grosjean, who always provides entertainment within F1, and we had K-Mag, who's just, he's just a funny guy, and he's not scared to get his elbows out. Um, 
So I think it's a loss. You know, we don't know where these guys are going. There, there's no announcements on, you know, if they're in F1 next year. Um, if if you go on the internet, you can find every every possible option of what could happen to them. But really what we want to know as F1 fans is who's going to take the seats. Obviously, the big rumor going around now is Mick Schumacher, just because he's doing very, very well in F2 leading that series. He's a Ferrari Academy driver, and obviously the illustriousness of his name and the appeal that brings. Uh, I don't know if he's ready for that transition. However, it's the smart business move. Definitely bring him up. Uh, my second guess, would it's, it's a toss-up on how they want to strategize this. It's either going to be Mazepan, forgive the pronunciation, the uh, Russian billionaire's son, a.k.a. Stroll Part 2, or uh, Callum Eilat would be the other one that they make the most sense. However, F1's a business, so they have to take that financial backing of Mazepan into uh, consideration. Is he called Marzipan? We're, we're going to have to nail this one pretty soon I thought in the episode. I thought, it's, I thought it's Mazapan. Like I think Matt's pretty close to it. Also, my American ignorance paid off for once on the pronunciation. All right. Well, I, just because I've got an English accent doesn't mean that I know what I'm talking about. Don't let, don't let appearances <laughs> fool you, my friends. I don't think anyone thought that. Uh, <laughs> so, um, okay, Callum, who do you think will be in the seats next year? I think it will be Mick Schumacher and marzipan <laughs> it's not marzipan by the way i think it's marzipan um yeah those two, those two are the clear hot favorites at the moment i'd love to see callum Eilock get the nod but i think with the the financial backing mm. of the the russian uh, that, that's a no-brainer for haas and i think they'd be stupid to to turn him away and obviously the other option being schumacher he, he's got it in the genes hasn't he it's in the blood so they're always going to take him as well especially in front of a Ferrari engine. So they're my two options. I was going to say, traditionally, we saw, you know, Charles Leclerc um, uh, testing for, for Haas and, you know, putting his stint in there. So I, I agree. I think Schumacher's, yeah, d definitely going to find himself, I would have assumed, relatively comfortable there too. Okay, so so far we're, we're on the same page. Will, uh, who do you think's going? Don't just follow the sheep here. Like, who do you actually think? <gasps> no, I, th I think Schumacher definitely... Um, I mean, I don't know very much about Eilat and, and Mazepin very much. Uh, Schumacher's obviously got that name and he'll give Haas some, I think, much needed publicity, to be honest. Um, I could see, and this sounds crazy, but Hulkenberg, he's going to be desperate for a seat. And if, and even if he ends up doing a season with Haas, just to prove that he is, you know, like still very much racing material and to kind of tout his skills to the rest of the field, he seems like a shrewd guy. I could, I could, I could see it happening. Okay. Hot. And so bad it's worse than being a backup for Racing Point. <laughs> so bad you're replacing Grosjean. Um, I would say the only other two people who are in the running are Perez and Hulkenberg. Now, we're going to talk about Perez in a minute, but um, they're the only other two that I think are able to or, or are likely to go there. So let's talk about then um, the rumour that, that you, you've, you've found brewing away in the background, Cal. Obviously, you mentioned Perez is a free agent then. There's talks with Max going to Williams. Now, where this has come from, I do not know. Um, but Crofty even mentioned it during the race today. So it's obviously gathering some traction. It's obviously going around the paddock. Um, but I also read today that George Russell isn't concerned about those rumours. God knows what's going to happen there. Because Latifi is uh, pretty similar to Stroll in the sense that he's bringing a lot of money to the team. Um, so out of the two... From a team point of view, they are going to kick Stroll, um, Russell out, aren't they? So 
it's a pretty tricky decision for them. Are they going to choose Russell or are they going to choose Perez? I really don't know. But the rumours circulating and obviously it has been ever since Perez um, was confirmed to be leaving Racing Point. So God knows where he's going to end up, but I'm pretty certain he's going to end up with a seat somewhere. So... It's, it's, it's a strange one because Russell and Latifi are in contract. They have signed for next year already. I did also read that with Doralton taking over Williams, they do not have to honour the contracts that are currently in place. Now, wow. they can, they can honour them. They can choose to honour them, but they do not have to honour them because they didn't set the contracts in motion. I believe they can just say... We'll leave you till the end of the season, but you're gone basically if they really want to. So they can literally, they've got um, potluck there. They can choose whoever they want. Obviously, there's the national pride for George Russell uh, at Williams. But just looking at the race numbers and the fan numbers, this serves as a very uh, slap in the face reminder that F1's a business. You know, George Russell is a fan favorite. He's a very amicable person. He's got the race craft, but he doesn't have the financial clout of Latifi. So if you take the financial side out of it, there's no reason to keep Latifi over George Russell, in my opinion. So let's have an overview of sort of where we are in terms of signings for next year. So Mercedes, they've signed Bottas, but Hamilton has not re-signed. Um, I don't know why. It's very... It's a very strange situation where he's... Well, I haven't thought about it because it's a three-year contract and we've got COVID. Albon, um, without ruining what happened today... He's not going to be at Red Bull, is he? For our listeners, the videos that I'm looking at are Callum shaking his head, Matt shaking his head, and they're not talking because Will hasn't seen the race yet. Um, the only other places left... Oh, are, my God. ...are at... Um, uh, Alpha Tauri. Sorry. Oh. Alpha Tauri haven't signed any drivers. They might have Gasly, Albon. Oops. Uh, Tazunda? Kvyat. Alfa Romeo, got no drivers. They've got, they've got a whole list of who they could take. Haas, we've just spoken about. So that's where we are. Um, you might see Lewis Hamilton move to Alfa Tauri. You, you never know. It's possible. Is it likely? No. Let's move on. Lance Stroll got diagnosed over the phone regarding COVID. For a multi-million pound sport with all of these procedures in place, I wouldn't have thought he called his doctor and his doctor said, nah, that's not COVID, mate. And that was accepted. Help me out here because it's, it's, it's beyond my understanding. It basically boils down to Lance Stroll does what Lance Stroll wants to do. The long and short of it is after the weekend of the Apple GP, he had stomach issues, which is not a classic sign of COVID supposedly. So he phones up his doctor and goes, oh, I just had a bad curry. Don't worry about it. The traditional uh, protocol is you are tested as soon as you show symptoms or as soon as you're missing a race. That is the COVID-19 protocol in place in F1. Lance Stroll said, ah, I've, I've called my doctor. I'm good. Goes home after the race, and they realize, oh, he does have COVID. And they didn't even release that information for a week after the race. So you have potential exposure. You didn't have him quarantining. You have all of these quaffles they have made just because they didn't think it necessary to actually do the test there on the ground. You know, wag of the finger at Racing Point if they got away without exposing somebody. If they did, shame on them. A, a track and trace system. Let's not get onto that, but a system where it goes, right, what's Stroll's latest test? What's Giovinazzi's latest test? And you input the code into a system, not just us. That's how it's supposed to work, not I phone my doctor, 
it's bad tummy tummy time and <laughs> go about your day. There was a funny tweet about this revealing it, wasn't it? I can't remember what it was, but it was said along the lines of Lance Stroll can't um, make today because he's on the toilet. Great Twitter work, Racing Point. Um, <laughs> Keep it up, Racing um, Point. Amazing. So, yeah, we had a bit of a drama there. The only reason that anyone cared is because they wanted Hulkenberg to come back. Let's, should we be honest? Yeah. Um, and based on what yep. we saw today, it would have been better. The whole reason Hulkenberg was there is because they didn't follow the protocols, because they didn't get the tests in time. If they were forced to adhere to the regulations and do the self-quarantining for the 14 days after the result, that result was on Sunday. So if that's when the positive dropped and he's supposed to quarantine for two weeks, technically he should have been allowed to participate in the weekend is some of the uh, discussion on that. So because they messed up and botched the diagnosis and testing so badly at the Eiffel GP, it threw a whole wrench in the works and they decided to do what they wanted on that, basically. Okay. Well, do you know what? It can't be an easy easy task, really, for F1 to... to to manage easily and you know it's all new so i'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt here and say they're doing the best they can there was a mistake was made let's let's move on because i don't want my lance stroll shocking well yeah he paid him off didn't he <laughs> daddy did let's let's not make allegations okay <laughs> where uh, uh the views of some of the members of this co this 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 group do not uh, represent the views of the entirety of it if any lawyers are listening so let's talk about views of certain people. Max Verstappen. Um, mm. I wanted to put this in a news segment because it needs to be. He gave his personal opinion on... It was Stroll, actually, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to play you the clip of what Max Verstappen said over Team Radio. Where does this guy blind? What the f*** is wrong with him? Jesus Christ. What a retard. Yeah, I have damage. What a, what a mongrel, I swear. Okay, box. I don't think it's acceptable. I don't think a sportsman should be allowed to operate like that. Actually, it's funny you should say this. After, after, I, after you, you showed me the clip um, and, you know, everybody in the, in the team had had a chance to have a look at it, I, uh, I got randomly recommended a YouTube video um, and it was of, uh, and it was, it was of uh, some, some, some unsportsmanly behaviour in tennis, funnily enough, um, and that led me down a whole rabbit, you know, rabbit warren of interesting incidents. Anyway, I found a few examples of, uh, of basically bad sportsmanship in F1. Now, other examples of uh, where the FIA have taken similar action, and what I'm expecting them to do is probably to land a fine in his lap, I would have said. Um, Verstappen famously, as, as sure many of our listeners know, in uh, 2018 at the Brazilian Grand Prix, had a rather unfortunate incident with Espanacon, who was, I believe, a backmarker. And that resulted in Verstappen going up to Ocon and giving him a big shove uh, in the uh, in the in the in the in the cool down kind of section. Um, Verstappen, for for what is, let's not beat around the bush here, verging on physical assault, got two days of community service. Right now, I don't know what community service in F1 counts as, but I'm assuming it's not anything too taxing, and it's probably oh, just go and empty the bins, would you, old chap, and, and maybe just clear <laughs> off a bit of you know some rubbish over here, just be nice, right? Okay, in 2018. Anyway, the point is very, very, very light-hearted uh, kind of punishment uh, from the FIA. Some other examples, and this is hilarious in my opinion. Obviously, it's it's rather sort of disgusting. James Hunt at the 1977 Canadian Grand Prix, <laughs> he gets out of his car after after a crash. A marshal comes over to help him walk away. What does he do? 
Bang! Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali channeled through the fist of Hunt. Hunt, one punch onto the canvas. Oh no, we're at a racetrack and that man is just doing his job. He <laughs> smacks this guy right into the, in the face. This marshal collapses onto the floor, right? Uh, kind of in a stunned, wait, what the hell is going on? I can't really believe any of this is real. And Hunt walks off after, get, after turning to him and saying, oh, sorry, old boy. The FIA, they find him $2,000. Converting that from 1977 to today, that's eight and a half thousand US dollars. That's nothing. That is absolutely nothing for punt for assaulting a guy. Like we saw Luca, was it Luca Corberry or Corderi, the, the karting, um, the former uh, karting champion who had this huge uh, explosion of emotion uh, at the karting championships recently. And he, that was it. His, that's his career finished. Hunt, nah. Uh, it's all right, mate. I'm just going to go and, you know, I'm just going to go and shag 33 British Airways stewardesses before the final of this championship and then we'll carry on. Uh, that's allegedly what he did as well. So these crazy maverick personalities who did these unbelievable things in the 70s, the FIA, they, they don't seem to have changed. The drivers have, but the FIA, they go, oh, oh well, uh, it's okay. I suppose uh, we cannot give him too much of an odd fine because, you know, we have an entire uh, business to run here. What can I say? It's a French organization, I believe. So that's my worst uh, and most offensive accent. Um, and then the other uh, example I had was, in 1994, uh, in the Australian Grand Prix, when Michael Schumacher uh, uh, essentially just drove straight into Damon Hill to secure his championship win. Now, we've seen this happen with drivers like Senna and Prost before, um, but what happened uh, in, in Australia was, as, as Hill says, obviously, as, as he would, um, incredibly dangerous, and he thought that uh, Schumacher had done this 100% intentionally. Uh, and the racing stewards judged it as just a racing incident. No, no further action was taken. Um, and although that's maybe verging on sort of not necessarily bad sportsmanship, but dangerous driving. And there's a, there's a whole kind of different alleyway. Um, I, I feel personally it is still unsporting. So just through those f few examples, I've, I've unfortunately come to the conclusion that while drivers seem to have grown up a little bit and have not resorted to having full on fist fights with each other, the FIA are still looking on in a kind of grandparents. Oh, boys will be boys. Let's let them kind of do these things. And well, I suppose if a few things get broken, it's not the end of the world kind of thing. Well, I just need to say you amaze me because what I said last night to you was, Max Verstappen said some really bad things on team radio. Can you just find some examples of when people have behaved badly before? And actually, James Hunt turned around and floored him. Max Verstappen just said, oh, he's a bit of a X, Y, Z. Let's stop talking about this because, no, Matt wants to say something. The difference for me is twofold. Number one, that poor marshal that was checking on James Hunt you know told that story at every pub he went to for the rest of his life. That is a life moment for him, whereas uh, Max Verstappen popping off on the radio, not so much. Uh, however, we are forgetting, circling back around to our Haas boys, my personal favorite bit of Naughty Naughty Audio Bits, uh, please vacuum the air out of the area of my genitalia from Mr. Magnuson to Hulkenberg. 2018. Oh, Once again, yes. Right. We're going to, to improve our listeners' experience, Sorry. we're going to link in the description this time, we're going to link all the, the video links so you can see what we're talking about if you haven't seen these things before. We, we're just getting better and better every week. Um, but that, uh, do you know what? We could talk about this for hours on end because it's a funny subject. Um, 
Thank, thanks for summarising it. so well. many examples. Yeah, that's okay. Anytime, boys mate. Boys boys. Very enjoyable to research. I spent many hours watching people essentially shouting, World Star! I say, get off me. We're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we're going to talk about what happened this weekend. Don't go anywhere. Are you looking for F1-based content to spice up your social media feeds? Well, in that case, you're in luck. The Formula Nerds are here to cater to your every need. New from JML, The Range, Robert Dias and Asda, it's Formula Nerds Instagram. Have you ever thought about following our Facebook and Instagram feeds? You might have said, well, probably not. And that's okay. We're here to talk you through every step of the process. Follow us. Smash that like button, son. Get it done. Get some F1 content down you and beef up your socials. Welcome back to the Cut to the Race podcast. Um, We're going to talk today about the Portuguese Grand Prix, everything you need to know about the weekend. So there wasn't much action too much action over practice one and two apart from the track fell apart seb had the unfortunate distinction once again of being the trouble boy uh finding the loose drains on the racetrack they had to go around and replace uh one at the exit of turn one i believe it was and throughout the night the track had to stay up late and basically glue all the drains together or back down to ensure that it happened during the race they found it's an older track it's been resurfaced the resurfacing caused it and they had to rectify that to make sure nobody got hurt so you had um, a crash between Verstappen and Stroll. We've spoken about um, Verstappen's reaction to that. Someone's car set on fire. God, I can't remember whose it was now. Gasly. Gasly was on fire um, in a negative way. I didn't watch practice three, so I'm not sure really if anything happened. Qualifying. Um, this was... The most exciting two minutes that we've, we've had all year of qualifying, and I say two minutes because it was just standard procedure up until that. I mean, um, what, were there any surprises in quali? There was one big surprise, wasn't there? Hamilton on pole. Bottas has absolutely dominated in P1, P2, P3, Q1, Q2. And then on the very final run, Hamilton somehow, like he always does, pulls out them couple of tents and pulls together this amazing lap. I don't know how he did it. I'm so, I, I watched it before and I was still like, <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't get how he does it. The man is, isn't human. He can't be. Danny Rick crashed in qualifying. He did in Q2. And started where? Tenth. Because he didn't get a run in Q3. He, um, the damage didn't look too bad on first glance, but then, and he managed to actually get the car back in, I think. Um, but, they, they couldn't repair whatever was broken in time and they didn't run in Q3, started 10th. So let's cut to the race. Nothing happened before the race that I'm aware of. There was no controversy. What's the worst national anthem ever? That's all I really noted. Oh my God. Cal, what, what was your take on this national anthem this week? I actually missed the national anthem. But can you play it for our listeners? Because I'm assuming it's rubbish. I don't think they want to hear I wouldn't it. Even say, I wouldn't even say it was the national anthem, like the normal music itself. It was the way they did it with a bunch of old geezers sitting around with acoustic guitars and an operatic singer. It's the same thing as going to a rave and you have the, the drop coming and the bass stumping. And everybody's getting ready and all of a sudden it goes to that cutout and they just hit you with a rubber chicken. <laughs> Oh, 
I turn the turn the volume up of the F1 really loud. I don't give a damn who hears it outside. I open my window. I get I, I build myself up. I had to shut my window and turn it down because this anthem was so embarrassing. I thought, Jesus, if people can hear this coming out of my house, then we've got problems here. But interestingly, Matt, there was there was a great national anthem the other day. Which one was it? I believe that was the Eiffel GP where they played it with the violin. Like that worked. You've already heard how a national anthem shouldn't sound, but we're going to end this section here and just play you a little clip of how it should sound because me and Matt were like, dude, are you hearing this national anthem? We were hyped by it. Um, let's talk about the actual race. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say, Jesus Christ! Lap one, two, three, four. Oh my God! Strap yourself in, William. There is not a second tattoo on the line. <laughs> We're addressing that particular topic just at the end of this podcast, by the way, Matt, um, because I don't Great. want to. I don't want to fall out with you during a podcast, but we can fall out at the end of it. So, Will, guess the top three. Okay. So, I've not really seen anything at all genuinely. So, I'm going to say... Bottas. No, second guess. Okay, let's... We're going to go... Let's say Leclerc. Let's... Okay, this is mad. Let's say... And here's my boy, Norris Verstappen Bottas. It's so, so wrong. The thing is... Will, that was possible. Most of those were possible in the first few laps. First lap. It was... The, the biggest problem I think we had was tyre warm-up. Uh, I think that sums it up, doesn't it? Like, a lot of people had tyre issues on, in this race. Like, well, throughout the weekend. Warming them up has been the biggest issue. So we had Bottas and Hamilton starting on the mediums, Verstappen on the softs. Um... Bottas seemed to spin his wheels up right off the line, didn't he? He he just he seemed to like... sat there. Yeah, he was snaking about on the line. Uh, Hamilton obviously got away. Verstappen got a good start. Um, going into the first corner, nothing happened. Like, I think it was all pretty safe. A few people ran wide. Going wide into, into turn one, uh, Max Verstappen was pushed out because Botas compromised his line. That was it. Came back in, and there was a certain Sergio Perez that uh, Mr. Verstappen forgot existed on the track momentarily. Spun him out, turn two. Just well, gone. Let's let's be fair here. Bottas had shoved out Verstappen off the track. Bottas Absolutely. really got his elbows out. Verstappen was coming back on. He was. He would not have known Perez was there. All right, first lap, he should have assumed someone was there, but he, he had no way of knowing. Perez has been taken out completely, hasn't he? He's spun round. He's in... Was he in the gravel? I think he got back out anyway. He managed to get back out. He needed to pit at the end of the lap, so that shafted... Well, what we thought shafted his race. Moving on... Carlos Sainz is coming up the order and takes the lead. Where he came from, I do not know. I was just suddenly, I blinked and he was in the, he was in front. I didn't even see the move. Hamilton seemed to be going backwards. He'd slipped back to third or fourth. No. Um, oh, yeah. we never thought it was possible. Miracles are achievable. Again, 
It's the tyres, man. The tyres just weren't switching on for anyone. And to throw a little bit more spice into the mix, we had a little bit of rain coming down as well, which was making that surface a little bit greasy in places. So some of the drivers were snaking about everywhere. And as well as that, we had a bit of wind to deal with as well. Um, Speak for yourself. So by the end of the first lap, Sainz is actually in the lead. Bottas second. I think Verstappen was fourth, Hamilton third, Norris fifth, I think. Wow. And okay. do you remember who was in sixth at that point? Big old Kimi Raikkonen. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, so basically, <laughs> the first, I'd say three or, three or four laps of the race, everybody that was on the softs darted, gone, just blitzing around the track. Matt, where did where did Kimmy start this race? You said he got up to sixth. Where where did he start? Fifteenth, seventeenth, seventeenth. He'd made up ten places by the time he got to seventh. I know that, and then he got another one up to sixth. There's a reason that this the, all this chaos happened, and you could say uh, every, all the details of Hamilton slipped, Bottas got in front, he he overtook him. It, it's just wild. You, you have to see it or, to understand it. But this track, this track is. It, I think it's a special track. I really do. I want your opinion, guys. Should we start a petition to get this on the calendar every year? Definitely. Yes. Yes. Moving up and down, side to side, like, like a, a roller, roller coaster. coaster. Roller coaster. <laughs> the lag is amazing. Oh, bless <laughs> our, our poor transatlantic friends. Oh, dear. <laughs> Matt, it was you who were you, you were really interested in the dynamics of this track. Why why did this provide the action? Because it, it it did throughout the race, didn't it? It did. The action is in part to the track just being resurfaced. What so you're we talking about it being greasy, but for presenting it to a viewer on screen, you know, spa where you have a sauce ready on. They have great camera angles to really demonstrate the speed, and with the elevation changes and the wide painting shots. Portimao is so quick in the elevation changes and the turns that it was almost frantic at times for the poor cameramen to keep things in the actual screen. So you got a real sense of the speed. And sometimes you watch like Paul Ricard. Oh, they're trundling through that turn. It looks like they're doing 40 kph. And you forget, oh, yeah, that's about 140, 160 miles an hour. Whereas you can see here, nothing looks slow. It all looked frantic, ragged, on the edge. And it brought the fear almost, for lack of a better way of saying it, to the viewer, I felt. On our last podcast, I actually made a point that the Nürburgring was boring to watch because it, it just didn't work. It didn't flow. Um, I think that the directors of um, F1 have been listening to this podcast because they didn't make many mistakes today and the racing looked absolutely awesome. So, you know, we provide a service here at the Formula Nerds. The, the ups, the downs, the, the uh, I love this track. This is my favorite track of the year so far in terms of the way it gave the dynamics of racing. It was wide in areas. You could take challenges. Um, my only problem was DRS. I believe this truck is 14 meters wide across the, the whole track, 14 meters wide all the way around. Now the cars themselves are two meters wide. So that leaves a lot of room for three, even four cars going side by side. So one once these drivers have learnt the track, the teams have learnt the track, if it does stay on the calendar, we could see some very, very spicy exchanges over the years. 
this race sounds incredible. I'm I'm really gutted. I missed it. Can can we please crack on? Because I'm so I'm like I can't. I don't know how to explain how tense I am about the result here. It's it, it's funny because I only like tracks that I've either been to or driven on computer games. Cal, I know you can relate to this, right? Because you know where they are and what they're trying to achieve, right? Um, I was I've I've been a bit this season like oh, I'm not interested in this. I don't understand. It, I don't know it. But this is an exception. This, this is an awesome track, man. I want this to be on the F1 game. I want it to be a regular feature. But it, realistically, it's not set up to be a big a big event is it it's i don't know if you saw the car park in the background it was just a few cows around and cars give or take but it, it's not set up for f1 is it it isn't but the track is that circuit is yeah. phenomenal the whole way around the undulations the turns the speed it's a, a, what what was the the pole time like 116.3 or something like that it's a nice short and snappy circuit which we love. I, I want to see it, but I don't care about how big the car park is. That doesn't affect me watching it at home. It will when we go there as the nerds. But um, Yeah, but we'll be in the paddock, so that's fine. Yeah, we yeah, will. We'll get flown in on the jet, boys, in a helicopter, exactly. <laughs> so there's no problem. Track, the track was awesome, but the whole internet, all F1 fans was, were comparing it to um, Barcelona, weren't they, before the race happened. This wasn't a bloody Barcelona. This was completely different. Have you not seen that? It was nothing like Barcelona. You know, it's more like Barcelona, a frigging Tesco's car park, because that was nothing like Barcelona. Honestly, whoever thought, they've seen the silhouette, haven't they, of the track, and then thought, oh my God, they're the same. They're, they're, they couldn't be further apart. They honestly couldn't be further apart. They're nothing alike. That's the end of that conversation. I don't want to hear any more on that. They're nothing alike. I'm sorry if I offended you. Cool. Um, deeply offended me so the start was crazy I, I, I don't even know who was in what position all I know is that there was a McLaren in front the highlights were laps three to four if you're on the softs you're doing great and then they fell off the cliff they weren't able to keep temp in and the mediums came back on and the switch around became again Botas and Hamilton chasing down signs for the lead and the inevitable took place there unfortunately uh, Cal what else you've got your notes in this section there was a bit of rain in the mix as well. And there was someone with a red outfit on in a red car making some, uh, some, some, some moves. Charles Leclerc lost a few positions at the start, obviously qualified fourth. I'm not sure how far down the, the packing order he got to, but he managed to climb back up to fourth. That car was overtaking other cars. A Ferrari was going past other cars in 2020. Like, let that sink in. Let that, this was a Both big Ferraris. deal. <laughs> oh, Ferraris, I, yeah. This I is, definitely I chose the wrong it. race to miss. I, I was watching it with my missus, and she actually said, aren't those red cars usually so slow? What's going on? <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> Imagine if someone had said that, like, 10 years ago. The outrage. That is, oh, what a sign of the times. Our eagle-eared listeners will know that I just made a big mistake where I said he, he moved up the field. He started in fourth. I just assumed that he probably started at the back of, you know, 10th to 15th. This was, this was an awesome weekend for Leclerc. Um, Matt, you're the Ferrari fan. You've got to give your opinions here on Leclerc, Vettel, what's going on. I'm going to steal my boys 
thoughts on Leclerc. Uh, Seb came out earlier this week and said, you know, basically a nod of the hat to Charles. He's in another league. He is getting more out of that car than the four-time world champion can. And it's not even close. And Charles has consistently been, this is what, third, fourth qualifying position this year so far. Meanwhile, Seb is averaging 11th, 12th, where he's starting from. Uh, Charles is the real deal, boys. 15th this week. Mm-hmm. He's behind George Russell. Again. Let that sink in. Those red cars are slow when they're having number five on the front. I love you, Seb. But Charles is a complete racer. He just needs the platform underneath him, and he showed that today. He handled all the adversity, handled the lack of power, all of it. And we had our big performance upgrade this week, and that came to life later in the race, and you can see that. For sure. And we know Vettel's mentally signed out. He's going to just be polite to Ferrari. But I think the, the whole thing was what Vettel said in his interview about Leclerc. Now, we actually put a post onto our Facebook page. So check it out, Formula Nerds. Said he's in a whole other league. Uh, and to, that's got to be great for Charles Leclerc to hear your teammate, used to be number one at the team, but a four-time world champion saying this guy is a driver of a whole different caliber to me coming from that man. Yes, he's had his pitfalls as of late, but you've got to put that in your hat for Charles Leclerc. That's got to feel good and show that you're doing something right. I'd like to feel as well that coming from Seb, someone with such genuine experience, an experience at how to be a champion, um, that Seb will take that as, uh, sorry, Charles will take that as really great motivation to just keep pushing, you know. I personally, I feel like, you know, I I feel like Seb's going to do really well at Aston Martin when he's got a better team around him and and the headspace is just better for him. Um, But yeah, that's, uh, yeah, what, what what a turn of events, guys. What we'll also say as well is that Max Verstappen then pitted because it obviously soft, like you said, Matt, fell off the fell off the cliff, and Leclerc ended up in third. He was doing pretty well, but obviously Bottas and Hamilton were romping away. Hamilton eventually got past Bottas with a fantastic move. We saw him for dust, didn't he? Like that—that that was it. He just stomped off within like the end of the lap. He was on three seconds clear. He was just dominating proceedings from that point he was insanely fast have we mentioned yet Lance Stroll Lando Norris that's the note I'm looking at what what a tit like how did he do it I don't get how he managed it I really don't he turn turn one obviously we saw the Verstappen Lance Stroll incident now I do not condone whatsoever what Verstappen called him at all but he repeated himself. Lance Stroll did it again. Coming into turn one, he's tried going around the outside of Lando Norris. Lando, there's not enough room to go around the outside. Lance Stroll should have backed off. So then Lando Norris is taking the racing line, which he, he has the full right to do. Lance Stroll's tried coming around the outside. Front left-hand wing of Lance, uh, Lando Norris, sorry, has taken out Lance Stroll. He goes for a little spin, you know, the usual Stroll spinny spin. Um, and Stroll subsequently ends up with a five-second penalty on top of them both having to pit and coming out dead last. And detention. <sighs> Stroll came in like a kid on a skateboard with no brakes. It was <laughs> ridiculous, honestly. <laughs> So then Stroll, he, he took, a, took a bit of a leisurely drive, really, for the rest of the race, didn't he? Well, he, he propped up the bottom of the table, didn't he, really, for the rest of it? He 
couldn't catch up. Couldn't do anything with it. He kept, he he kept on repeatedly. Yeah, this is what I was about to say. He kept on repeatedly getting warnings about track limits, which obviously we've seen a lot of over the weekend. And then another five-second penalty comes in. So he's got a total of 10 seconds time penalty. A couple of laps later, he's being brought into the pits. He's retired due to damage on the car. I, I just think they, they thought, what's the point in being out there? They brought him in. What, what was the reason for you, Matt, that he, he brought in the car? <laughs> I think, as I said in our little team chat, Daddy, I can't win today. Buy me more go-fast parts. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to go home. Emma, that's for you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's three races he hasn't finished now. And he was the only retirement of this race, wasn't he? Yes. Well, he wasn't in the other two, so that's a bit unfair. But that's the three races where Lance Stroll has not finished. Um, include if you include the the COVID setting out race, it's four races. The last four races, he hasn't even finished the like the race at all. And one of getting, them didn't even start. And they're getting rid of Perez. <laughs> yes, things in Racing Point team that just makes sense. I think is the operative sarcasm that needs to be deployed here. Honestly, this is coming from a Seb fan. It's a good thing that Lawrence Stroll has money between Lance Stroll wrecking and throwing fits and Seb spending out the amount of money they're going to spend on repairs when they become Aston Martin is going to be nothing <laughs> astronomical. There is one key point we are still missing from this wrap up that happened on lap 41 with Mr. Hamilton and Mr. Botas with the tire selection fiasco. So that brings us all to lap 41. Uh, Lewis Hamilton's in the front, got a comfortable lead, pits to hearts. At that lap, Valtteri Botas comes over the radio and says, oh, he's on hards. I would like the softs. They pit him on lap 42 and install the hards, denying his request. For the Which, second time this year? Again. Yeah. I mean, are we surprised, really? I think they're just saying, look, we're in charge. We make the strategy calls. You do not get to choose which tire you go on. I was like, you can finish this race in second place. Take that. I, I was surprised how publicly Mercedes shamed their own driver today because you have your little codes over the radio, right? Oh, no, we need to go on for this reason. Um, they didn't respond. He said he wanted to go on those tyres. They didn't reply back to him. He went in, got the tyres, um, and, and then someone interviewed the Mercedes team afterwards on Sky Sports and the reason that they gave for not giving him the tyres that he wanted they said it's not the way that we operate well that's such a non-answer that's that's like British politician level of, of clarity for heaven's sake it was bullshit because they do it for Hamilton and see they could try and hang that under the guise of oh we're protecting the one-two finish no come on Mercedes we know what it is you want the 92 wins you want the publicity you want the record you basically told Valtteri Botas you're a wingman act as such shut your hole and know your role and I'm guessing I'm guessing then sorry I'm guessing that Lewis is one by the way at this stage no one said that <laughs> just from just, just from just because just he's at like, the front and uh, changing his tyres and they're not listening to Bottas yeah it's, it's yeah. yeah what makes you think he won Will God <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys I shouldn't judge I, I know it's not as if yeah oh, for heaven's sake what do you mean you thought they're going to let them race <laughs> <laughs> 
So Bottas got publicly humiliated again today. Um, you know, it, it seems to be happening a lot with bees in his face and um, cars breaking down. I mean, Jesus Christ, Bottas. Um, I just don't think he's good enough. I, I don't think he's good enough to be a world champion. No, he just does what he's told. Crack on. Um, so yeah, he's got a very good car underneath him. And that's all. God bless him. Um, should we go to the results? Please. Nah. I'll say who won because it's emotional moment for uh, for this fan. Um, Matt, you can say who came second, and um, yeah, Cal says who goes who came third. Hamilton won it. <laughs> wow, surprise! Ah, oh, okay, great. Botas finished the same as he did in his team, number two. <laughs> and Max Verstappen came third. Wow. Okay. So, really exciting then. In the end, this is Cal. You when we, when you hadn't watched the race, we we had an episode where you went, "What have I been excited for for that result?" Which was the which Grand Prix was that? It was the it was an exciting one with chaos, but the races all end the same at the moment, despite the chaos. Right? They do. <sighs> and I mean, to be fair, to be fair to Verstappen, he was closing the gap to Bottas after Bottas came out on the hards. Bottas was really struggling there. Um, Verstappen was closing the gap, but it was just too much to do and too little time for him, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, you're right. The, the, the results have been coming very, very similar, aren't they? I can't wait for these 2022 regulations to kick in. Let's see some even good racing for once in our lives. Please, because we had Carlos Sainz winning the race at one point. Like, then it just that's what's normal that's what's disappointing like you've got that amazing incredible change of of pace but as a fan as a fan you just know that that's just not going to last and you're going to go back to just the same old in in a few laps who else impressed on the we're not going to go one to 20 but who who else impressed pierre gasly was an absolute don today what a drive from that lad seriously like he, he should have, he, the Red Bull should have stuck with him because he is showing what he can do in the Alpha Tauri and he really, really impressed me today. For me, driver of the day, all day. Well, let's not forget Sad, Alex Albon. Statement. Alex Albon got lapped by Max. Pierre did not in an Alpha Tauri. I, I don't ah. talk about Albon. It's just, it's just a, I want to say car crash. It's not the right way to put it, but it's just a disaster. <laughs> like when it couldn't get any worse, he gets lapped by Max Verstappen. Oh God. The things are not going well for him, are they? No. <laughs> <laughs> to put it mildly. I mean, the guy came into a seat, which admittedly is a tough one, as we've discussed, I think, with Verstappen. Like it's, it's going to be, you're going to have to work incredibly hard, but he's, I don't, I don't know if it is it his own fault or is it just bad luck? Well, Will, I, I don't even have the energy to go over this again because basically that seat's cursed. That's what we know. Um, anyone who goes into it, they're cursed. It could be for any reason. Um, what, what were the real surprises? I, I thought Le Leclerc was a surprise. The surprise for me was Checo being spun out lap one, dead last, came back and finished sixth. Talk about a statement. Nope. Oh. Seventh. Seventh. Science got sixth. You're correct. You're right. 
still a statement drive from Checo of why he deserves that seat over Daddy's boy. Uh, and oh. this, so today you had Albon fighting for his seat, and you had Perez fighting for a seat. Mm, who would you take? I'd take Perez. You have to. Did you just you have to? Hell? No, my seat. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Perez. It went at the wrong time, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the nervous energy had got to the poor lad. I, I just really like Perez. It made me nervous. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so we know it was a good race. Um, who was your driver of the day, Cal? I think you've already given this one away. Sergio Perez. No. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just because we were last talking about Perez. No, my driver of the day was Pierre Gasly. He was fantastic today. I'm not sure where he started. I can't recall where he started on the grid, but he got himself all the way up to fifth. He did some cracking overtakes, some really good wheel-to-wheel driving. I think he really showed what he's capable of today. And his outright pace as well. He was, at one point, he was sticking with the uh, the Mercs for pace. Okay. Do I even need to ask you, Matt? Jesus. Who's your driver of the day? Pierre Gasly. Well done. Love you, but it's got to go to Checo. That recovery drive was exceptional and a statement drive from him that Daddy Stroll has made the wrong choice. Take a crack of just a little guess who was mine. Oh, shocker. I wonder. Roman Grosjean, maybe? I, I don't know. No, he didn't find any gullies today. My driver of the day was Lewis Hamilton. Um, it was the problem is he's so dominant that you don't see him in action. He, he he dominated this race and he also set a very important milestone for F1 um, with 92 race wins overtaking Michael Schumacher's record, which it's debatable whether that makes him the all-time best you, you everyone can have their opinion on these things but it's a, it's a milestone right in my opinion if he gets his seventh title this year which is very much looking like he will he will become the greatest of all time but as the stats don't lie he is incredible across the board in terms of podiums pole positions race wins he's getting up there with race starts I'm pretty sure he set the record for most laps, sorry, most races won when you've led every lap. I think he's got 22 occasions where he's led from start to finish and won the race. He is it incredible. Is. There's no it, doubt in it. It is. And it was, it was emotional when they showed the 92 wins in the little sequence. And it, it certainly got me because I watched every single one of these races. As a Tafosi, first of all, it must be said, well done, Lewis. Well done, Mercedes. That's remarkable that was a record we never thought we would see topple i think what the difficulty lies with some people is watching their hero be supplanted uh ferrari did not have a dominance like this with michael schumacher lewis hamilton's done it in a shorter amount of time the only reason he doesn't have seven already is because of nico rosberg mercedes have officially in my mind as a tifosi supplanted ferrari as the flagship organization for formula one they are the standard bearer. They have shown what true dominance is, and people just can't handle it. Uh, Michael and Nikki would both tip the hat to Lewis Hamilton on this. So, well-deserved, well-done, 
all hail the goat. Man. There's no, there's no doubting it, is there? There's no doubting it. He, the haters are out because they, they hate the fact he's winning, and I don't understand why. They've just got to respect the fact that he is a phenomenal driver. He found this, this weekend has proved that it's backed him up. His qualifying, his pole. I still don't understand how he got that. And then winning today by 22 seconds in front of the guy who is your teammate in the same car. That that just proves his his standard. He, he has set the bar. No one will beat that. Not for a very, very long time. It, um, for, for me as a fan, I know a lot of people hate him. But the reason that we watch F1 is to see talented drivers race yeah it doesn't matter what he does on his side if he's a vegan or whatever because i know that sort of thing is what what grinds people's gears um but if you can't judge someone on their talent in f1 based on your opinions that aren't related to f1 can you um he's got more characteristics he's got more exposure and sort of wild out there projects um singing and uh you know um opening restaurants and all these different things that he does but we're talking about an F1 driver at the end of the day the stats say what they need to say that's it and what I will say as well is you're right he has so many things going on outside of Formula 1 he's got his singing his clothing line his his extreme E that he's just set up and yet he still manages to turn up every race weekend be fully focused and compete to the highest standard He's such a busy man and he still manages to turn up and do that. He, the guy doesn't even do a track walk. You see all the other drivers going around and doing a track walk. You never see Lewis doing a track walk. That's because he he's, he's doing a fashion walk instead. Exactly. Yeah, he can still jump in the car and go. That, and he smashes it every single time. That's the, that's, that's the whole point. You know, he's, he's, he's gifted. Uh, everybody wants to talk about, you know, Michael Schumacher, please get well. Soon we miss you. Uh, James Hunt, Nicky Lauda, all the great ambassadors of the sport. I defy anybody, regardless of team allegiances, to find a better ambassador for the sport. With all the things he does, all the clout and attention he brings to racial inequality and Formula One racing as the whole, it could not have happened to a better human being, a better ambassador, and a better driver. He earned it. Mercedes earned it. They continue to earn it. it that's all that can be said about it. That that is it. If you're an F1 fan, you will appreciate what's been achieved today. Um, besides everything else, it was a very very good weekend for F1. We saw young drivers taking it to the oldies, and we saw a record broken that will stand for a very very long time on a new track that is hopefully going to remain on the calendar for years to come because that is one of the best new tracks I've seen for a very very long time it's a historic weekend and one that will go down in the annals of f1 history like it or not haters he's the goat i've got absolutely nothing to add to that you've nailed it guys thank you very much for listening visit our socials and please spread the word Thank you very much for listening to the podcast this week um, it was a great race great weekend um, i'm out See you next week, guys. Thank you for listening. Like, click, subscribe. We love all of our guys. We'll see you soon.
so on the on the last show, Matt, um, you weren't there, but we we did volunteer your body for a tattoo, and <laughs> shocking. So we did that. Really, we didn't ask you permission. So we've got to get this elephant in the room out. What, what, what happens next? Uh, what happens next is I'm getting a tattoo of the Formula Nerds logo. You're actually going to do it? I have to. <laughs> I didn't think you would. <laughs> I have to. A deal's a deal. Give, give the people what they want. Okay. All right. We're going to have to... We're going to have to do this properly on our Facebook group. I, I didn't think you were going to do it, mate. I thought, oh, my God, we've put an episode out. Matt's not actually going to do it. So I think the plan is for the best content, but also <laughs> me retaining some dignity. Uh, I think I'm going to do the top of my foot because it will hurt like the Dickens, but also like, it won't be somewhere visible or like, <laughs> it's gonna be bad no matter what but i think i want to do the top of the foot all right i think on reflection i will i'll put myself forward for three race reviews and on those three reviews so in the next three four weeks whatever mm -hmm. it is if the panel gets it right i will do the same Ooh. let's level the play are we gonna have, are we gonna have matching tattoos it's like, if people guess it right, then Jesus Christ, maybe. I'm just going to, I didn't pre-plan this, but I will say, as you stuck to your word, you've got three races to, for the panel to guess and sign me up for this. Oh, I'm nervous now. Right. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up, Matt. Yeah, but there will be uh, pictures and videos and all the fun stuff. I may even record like some audio of me while I'm getting the tattoo for everybody. Oh yeah, we need we need videos. We're gonna get Will to edit it, put it into a into a new. Um, we're gonna put it everywhere, mate. This is this is a big thing now. And I was just so worried that we had committed and signed up to this, and then we weren't gonna follow through. But it's ended up from zero tattoos to two people now potentially. Let's not tell Kel about this because he's he's dropped off of this recording. So. He doesn't know, and we'll, he'll only know if he listens back to this entire show. So uh, that will be interesting for next time, won't it? Mm -hmm. So here's a little behind the scenes for all of the nerds out there listening. Uh, what goes on behind closed doors? It's, um, it's exciting stuff. Honestly, I, I feel like I'm talking quietly, so Callum doesn't hear me. He's not here. Um, <laughs> cool. Right, we've got a strategy. Let's, uh, let's do this. I'm now crepping myself about taking out a tattoo. Ah. What a, I believe in you. What a day. And I believe in the nerds. <laughs> Love you, brother. Speak to you later. All right. What really grinds my gears is when you go onto a website and then there's a button or a, a link that says, click here to donate on PayPal. But at the Formula Nerds, we are all volunteers. We do this in our spare time. It costs us money to run websites, to run podcasts, to buy all of the software that we need. But rather than ask for you to donate money with nothing in return, we started our own shop where you can buy something cool, get a new hoodie, get a t-shirt, get, get something you like, and you can help us because every single penny that we make from sales on our online store contributes to the nerds. That's why you will never find a click here to donate on PayPal button. <laughs>
head over to formulanerds.com forward slash shop.